This is episode 18 of the Wash Talk podcast with Fanny Boulou of Antenna Technologies and Kanika Verma of Tara. Welcome to the Wash Talk podcast series from IRC. My name is Andy Narricot and this is the podcast where we open up the discussion on what the wash sector needs to do to achieve the sustainable development goals. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get started. Whilst universal service by government is the goal, entrepreneurs can play an important role in building and meeting demand for safe water for households in the medium term. But the landscape of household water treatment options and their suitability in different contexts is a minefield for governments and the private sector to really understand and introduce sustainable and appropriate solutions. Today we're talking to two guests who can tell us about this landscape and the role of government in supporting the private sector to enable adequate water quality at the point of consumption. But before we dive in, make sure you head over to ircwash.org forward slash wash talk to review the show notes and the associated resources. So without any further ado, let's jump in. Hello everyone. Today I'm talking with Fanny Bulu and Kanika Verma about the landscape of safe drinking water options for households. So Fanny is Water and Sanitation Hygiene Coordinator for Asia with Antenna Technologies. Antenna Foundation works in science on essential needs for the BOP, which includes the sales of chlorine generators and other business models around safe water. Fanny comes from an international business and environmental sciences background, joining Antenna in 2014. And Karnika Verma leads the Sustainable Enterprises team of Tara, which stands for Technology and Action for Rural Advancement, and that is incubating a social enterprise that supplies safe drinking water to low-income communities. Karnika is an applied economist by training and used to run her own financial investment firm in the US. So I'm very pleased to have some very strong safe water experience on the show today. So welcome, Fanny. Hello. Good morning. And welcome, Karnika. Hi, Andy. Good morning. Great. Well, thanks both of you for joining me today. Antenna is involved with the Safe Water Project with IRC and other partners, I believe. Uh, and this is working on building the businesses that are serving the base of the pyramid. Now, Fanny, maybe you could begin from a global perspective. Why, why is there not already a big demand for safe water at the base of the pyramid? Well, um, because it's an extremely complicated topic. Water uh, is uh, considered for a long time a free product for for people um, with, um, in fact, two issues. Uh, One at the supply level, which is complicated technology, um, um, yeah, plan drawings and design. Um, And at the um, demand side, very little willingness to pay. So um, to to bring um, a, a market uh, for water at the BOP, you mean you need extremely affordable products. So therefore, quite a fine-tuned business model for that, and it's very far. And it goes. I mean, it's this the whole. Um, um, yeah, issue of the BOP is you need to understand your consumers, know their purchasing power, but also understand the triggers that make the, the supply, uh, the, the purchase, sorry. So um, you need to change behavior. 
which is extremely costly uh, for especially, uh, I mean, uh, Kanika will mention it, but especially in, in India where you have such a broad and diverse um, um, population. And um, it's very also expensive on the long run, uh, not only installing um, the, the, the material, but also maintaining it and also providing uh, knowledge uh, along the line. So at the end, water is a headache. It's a lot of risk because you have climate change issue, you have political issue along the, along the, the way. You need very high volume to, to, to survive and very low cost. So at the end, when you accumulate it, it's, a, it's just a nightmare for business. So they don't go. And you add on the top the BOP, which is very, very low cost. Um, and you have your equation. <laughs> An equation of of yeah poor poor demand low supply, um, exactly. You've, yeah, you've laid it out you know extremely well about this you know need for affordable products, which we're going to talk about more on today's um, episode, mm -hmm. and those tr triggers which are so dependent on culture and human behaviour, and uh, and the expense of providing it as well. I mean, Kanika, mm -hmm. does this um, does any one of those um, you know jump out at you from looking at it from the India perspective? No, abs absolutely, Andy. I mean, just to sort of share with you, um, India has more people in rural areas, about 65 million living without access to clean water than any other country. So the magnitude of the problem is is huge. Um, so for large companies, you know, it's extremely difficult to distribute clean water to um, the last mile because, you know, India is not a homogeneous country at all. So, you know, last mile um, accessibility is extremely difficult. The gaps are currently, you know, being filled by some local um, suppliers, but it's extremely unreli unreliable, um, even wasteful uh, to produce uh, pure or safe water. And uh, when we sort of wanted to say, launch the Safe Water program, we wanted to look at a technology solution which will help us produce and distribute locally through a network of uh, small businesses that can be created. Um, and that's where our partnership with Antenna Technologies uh, emerged. Um, however, as Fanny's already mentioned, there's also extremely low demand. People um, have not even internalized, although that's changing in the last few years, have not even internalized the need for safe water. They think that getting um, diarrhea or getting sick in the summer season is a way of life. They, uh, they don't understand that safe water or access to safe water is actually a human right so we there was a lot of focus on social marketing for behavior change in the program yeah well that's that's what i was wanting to dig into i mean th this demand is needs education and which is very de expensive and quite hard for businesses to pick up that cost now some would say there's a role of for government in this to you know raise that demand for safe water to help businesses i mean is that the only, I mean, would you agree, uh, Kanika, is that the role of government or do you think there's, um, is there other more pressing needs for government in the, in the provision of safe water? No, I, I, I think Fanny's already mentioned it. I think the government has a very strong role. Um, in India per se, they make a lot of political statements about water. But uh, they do very, very little from access to safe water. In fact, um, most of the funding um, for even access to piped 
water has uh, not been utilized. And uh, even though the government has worked more on maybe community-driven models, um, you know, uh, setting up uh, water systems at uh, railway stations, um, but in terms of household access, there's not much done. And I think it's it's definitely something connected to, uh, you know, be part of the government spending because the kind of uh, burden on the resources due to um, uh, the, the sick leaves and generally, uh, you know, our lives being affected is huge. So it's definitely a priority for the government. I mean, yeah, that... that- I mean, in the case of India, that's a shame because obviously government has is well funded, obviously, and uh, as you say, funding has not been utilised. So it's not just a matter of funding. It's um, sound, as you mentioned, very political. I mean, Fanny, looking more globally, do you know, have aware of any examples where government has worked closely with the private sector to raise the demand for safe water? First of of all, I think for the government is a key enabler for social enterprise to bloom. Um, but um, if we come back to the human right of, wa- of um, water and sanitation, um, the, you, this human right has been added to the UN General Assembly um, in 2010 to, um, with the, all the other human rights. And it sets the responsibility of the governments to realize the human right to water. The government are accountable for their water quality, and I think there there is a huge um, change that came with the new SDGs. Uh, that now that we have in the SDG six um, the indicator of safe drinking water at the household level, we do have an agenda, which was never the case um, until two thousand fifteen. So we really are living a new uh, a new period uh, where now government will really have to address um, that it's not only a source that is protected like a well or that you are a safe source, but that you have also safe water at the household. However, as Kanika has mentioned, it does not happen and it will take ages to go there. Therefore, um, the application of um, affordable products, which we call household water treatment solutions, um, that uh, are like a a range of family of products uh, that are um, cheap but certified um, and and that we ensure that they're working. Um, And this is where the government is needed uh, to, to allow products in their in their country <laughs> and to review and to make sure that and monitor the business that are doing this is also a huge uh, role of the government so they do have this role of um, um, enablers uh, supporters uh, creating demand doing a, a lar- large uh, awareness raising campaign because for a company this is just a killer <laughs> a killer cost right like this is what Antenna is supported uh, is supporting at uh, for, for Tara. Like we say, okay, we fund your um, your social marketing expenses because we are in a way replacing 
what the government uh, should do on a much larger scale. But it's not a priority so far. I hope it will change and it should change with these new indicators. And I just wanted to add, I don't know if it goes there, a huge uh, problematic that social enterprise faces in terms of safe water is emergency. Um, uh, I mean, em like this is country that are, there are countries facing lots and lots of risk all the time. Emergency is coming there and um, on a very regular basis. And emergency is flooding the countries with free products. Um, there are also lots of NGOs delivering free products, which are killing the, all the activities of Tara on the way, on the, on the ground. So, um, because uh, it's unfair subsidy. So, uh, we also have this, um, this collaboration with the government. Of course, emergency needs an immediate answer. Um, but at the same time, working with local social enterprise would be a way to support them along and to help them grow. Hmm. So we need this obviously very clear uh, humanitarian emergency and domestic mm -hmm. markets, mm -hmm. as you said. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. From the domestic perspective, how can governments um, take stock of all of the water options out there with the safe water options for household, including, you know, chlorination uh, and ceramic filters, and uh, and promote them. I mean, is there any examples mm -hmm. of where that's been done before? Maybe, uh, Fanny, you can uh, elaborate on that. Uh, this Ethiopia case is quite interesting because uh, indeed the government is not purchasing the the different solutions like here it's filters, uh, but um, they are uh, um, they have reviewed what is available on the on on the market and then they propose different options to the cons consumer, but the consumer has to buy. The government has no to pay for all of them, but they are enablers for um, BOP consumers to get a solution at the household. So this is the um, the only case I see where there is a real collaboration of the government on a long-term business uh, or sustainable perspective. Uh, and it, it has been owned by it's, there is a willingness at the Ministry of Health, at the Ministry of Water, and at the water utility itself, where, where you see you have a lot of stakeholders on the on the on the on the way, and it's extremely complicated. Mm. Kanika, is there any example in India where the government has taken a, a proactive step to uh, refine what options are, can be available to the local market? Yeah, so um, the government has recently in the last few years uh, launched a program called the Swachh Bharat program, which means clean India. And in with respect to that, they have on their website mentioned a few solutions that are out there uh, for household treatment. And uh, Aquaplus, uh, Tara's product, has been mentioned on the website. I mean, I think that's a big step in itself that the government is has at least a bouquet of solutions that it's um, you know sharing with the the the, the market out there. But uh, in terms of recommending solutions or being proactive and aggressive about it, I think that's that's another step in itself. Mm -hmm. um, but um, yeah, and I think. The government um, has also launched uh, a, a, now after many years of understanding that there needs to be a more beha a massive behavior change campaign has launched a campaign on that as well. So I think it's something that they're sort of taking steps towards, but 
there's a lot more that needs to be done. Mm. I mean, can you uh, maybe elaborate on how um, governments can do that or their supporting partners to determine which solutions are good, are good for which situations? You know, one thing that the government should definitely do is to empower local decision making. How do you get communities? How do you create a discourse with the communities to come together on the availability of clean water? And I think there are several examples that have uh, happened at a very, very micro scale that has sort of uh, supported the whole cause of creating uh, safe water solutions. And I think there's definitely, uh, you know, that's definitely a solution that we should look for. Um, You know, it's very interesting, Andy, but um, chlorine tablets are widely available in India, free of cost from the government. But um, instead of seeing uh, that as a competition, uh, we realize that most people don't use them either because of the efficacy issues, because, uh, you know, each of them, uh, each of the tablets had uh, varied efficacies, or because, you know, whatever is available for free is actually not accepted by the base of the pyramid. I think the government needs to understand that the base of the pyramid has, is, is empowered, has the right to make a decision making that's good for them. And uh, if the government could uh, probably look at supporting the many solutions that are out there um, in terms of delivering the solutions to the last mile. I think logistically, the government has a lot of has a lot of uh, you know role to play for providing the solution. Just to re-emphasize the point about uh, rooting the solution in the community, um, two years back in the state of Uttarakhand, about 8,000 community uh, members had built their own water supply systems, which actually led to benefiting about a million and a half uh, rural residents. And this is a brilliant example of how strong community involvement, you know, reduced the cost of the system itself curbed the leakage of funds and also created a huge savings to the state, creating a win-win solution for uh, the community and the government. And I think we need many more such solutions to go to uh, scale. Can I can I just uh, add something, Anna? This uh, program appeared in um, WHO and uh, WHO in his um, main mission to um, to provide support to the government has um, has a, a program called the scheme. The scheme is an evaluation, a scientific evaluation of all the household water treatment solution options that are on the on the market. And at the end, the product that are accepted as our international product <laughs> that are mostly from the West, um, that are very expensive, and they have not um, analyzed the delivery model. So the best star products are products that are extremely expensive, but uh, there's no analysis of uh, of the model that will be applied on the ground. So we are here in a, in a very interesting period where we see that uh, there is a need for standardization to help the government to choose. But um, at the same time, there is a very strict, if we apply the strict rules, uh, the such products cannot rule out. It, it, it will always stay a product for the, the rich that people bring for, for the poor. So there is a, a paradigm here that uh, needs to be uh, to, to, to evolve. Yeah. Kanika, maybe you could share with us briefly Tara's model. So as I mentioned earlier, Tara's uh, focus was always on reaching the last mile. And uh, in order to do so, it's, 
you know increasing demand was of extreme uh, importance we went through a a period in the first two years where we focused on actually really understanding the base of the pyramid and their needs and their aspirations this is an you know a growing market the aspirations are you know growing faster than the the livelihoods of the jobs that are being currently created so um we sort of designed our social marketing to create local influencers and local um you know influence centers that could affect the uh, behavior of the participants at the same time to make the supply strong we um tara's emphasis has always been on creating decentralized local models where even local jobs and livelihoods can be created and uh, with an extremely challenging and complex space we added that complexity to our model but in order to tackle that uh, we created what we called a system of micro franchisees who would go to the door to door go for door to door services and ensure that the delivery is um, sort of you know given on time and um, we we also have to understand that the base of pyramid and you know respects service and needs needs better services it's something that we've learned in our work all all in the last few years whether it's energy whether it's water um there is uh, there is demand for service and uh, in order to ensure that these micro franchisees make enough money for the model to become sustainable we actually created a bouquet of uh, basic need products not only providing uh, just water solutions but trying to capture the customer's attention and wallet through a bouquet of uh, basic needs like energy water solutions um even uh, nutrients uh, were added to uh, the portfolio that's great really interesting to hear how you've managed to do that and um, that can be really instructive for so many others i think we're going to have to leave it there um it's been a really great conversation i thank you both for your perspectives um on this topic and uh, coming on to the Wash Talk podcast. So thank you, Fanny. Thank you, Andy, for uh, this nice coordination. Very nice. And <laughs> thank you, Kanika. Thank you, Andy. It was an absolute pleasure. That was Fanny Bulu of Antenna Technologies and Kanika Verma of Tara in India. Thanks to both of my guests for speaking to me on the Wash Talk podcast. I hope you liked it. And if you could do one thing, I'd ask that you share it on social media and use the hashtag WashTalk. Don't miss the next episode in a few weeks, but until then, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.